0: Again, and thank you for joining me. Whether you've been here before or you're just joining me for the first time because you were bored and thought that this was a good idea. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, we are doing the famous or infamous. It doesn't really matter. Um, I say that every single episode. I bet. So um, continuing on, I'm doing the Monte Cristo Homestead in New South Wales, Australia. The city is. June? I don't know how to say it. It's J-U-N-E-E. Um, and I know I'll butcher it every single time that I'm forced to say it in this podcast because I literally avoided it while I was writing this. <laughs> so I'm sorry to any Australian listeners. Um, it will probably always butch- be butchered. Um, Yeah. So, I'll try and just say New South Wales instead. <laughs> so, like my episode about the Trans-Alany Asylum, I will start with the story and move on to history, which I always do. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and let's start. So, this story is written by Claire Claire Sibthorp. Um, and here it is. When I first wrote the story's headline, it read sleeping instead of staying, but I corrected myself as there was not much of the former. I was a skeptic when I entered the creepy-looking Monte Cristo homestead in Junee, about 220 kilometers northwest of Canberra. Monte Cristo homestead at Juni because you just need to keep saying that name, is known as Australia's most haunted house. And while I can't say I left Australia's most haunted house keen to ditch my journalism career for ghost hunting, I definitely had a more open mind. A baby thrown down the stairs, a maid pushed from the balcony, and a stable bur- boy burned alive. A caretaker murdered and a mentally disabled man tied up for 30 years at, and the, uh, the homeowners killed by an infection caused by starched collar. Lawrence and Sophie, Sophia Ryan run the ghost tours at the Monte Cristo homestead in Juneau, New South Wales. These are the horrors believed to have occurred in the double-story late Victorian built ma- manor built in 1884, and their victims are said to haunt its halls. Lawrence Ryan grew up in the mansion, which is featured in horror movies and television shows, and runs at a two-and-a-half-hour weekly ghost tours with his wife, Sophia. The Ryan family bought the house about 50 years after the death of the original owners, Christopher and Elizabeth Crowley, in 1910 and 1933 respectively. I was there with Canberra Times photographer, Jamila, who believes in the paranormal. As I take a breath, (sighs) sorry. The candlelit rooms were packed with antique ornaments and freaky dolls. I didn't have the physical reactions Mr. Ryan claimed people experience, such as dizziness, nauseousness, or difficulty breathing, which I'm certainly having because this is a very text-heavy story. Um, Mrs. Ryan said she could communicate with the spirits, which was apparently releasing different energies in each room. Some were angry, others were sad. She then pointed to a fiercely fl- flickering candle, surrounded by w- still ones, and said it was spirit path- passing through. There were no windows open, but I was still cynical. However, at one point, I saw a white light move across the mirror when Jamila was not photogra- phot- phot- photographing, photographing, uh, and I started to feel a bit uncomfortable. After the tour, we went up to our accommodation room, which was connected to the ghost tour section. Mr. Ryan pointed out the escape route, noting he left the lights on because visitors often fled in the middle of the night. I figured they'd better be pretty frightening spirits for someone to throw away the $195 it cost for the tour, bed and breakfast. Attempting to sleep in an old, creaky, empty house would not be an enjoyable experience for anyone, even skeptics, but after hours of staring at the ceiling, desperately hoping to hear an imaginary baby cry from the creepy cot in the corner, we fell asleep. I'd been snoozing for less than 30 minutes when I woke up and thought I felt a gush of air on my feet. Thinking my frightened mind was playing tricks on me, I drifted back to a happier place, but it didn't last. At 5am, I woke (laughs) to Jamila making a distressed noise as if she was having a nightmare. I shook her awake and she said like she felt a weight on her body that was heaviest on her chest. It lasted about 10 seconds, neither of us knowing what to think, but I knew I was not letting myself fall back asleep and risk having a similar feeling. Later in the morning, Mrs. Ms. Ryan told us the dead maid, maids played with my feet and an evil spirit frightened Jamila. She, had even, she hadn't even me convinced for a moment. But as we left the house, I suspected all of the stories we'd been fed about visitors hearing footsteps and feeling hands on their shoulders had influenced our perception of our surroundings. Maybe the human mind seeks patterns to make sense of ambiguous information. Studies have shown people are more likely to interpret events as supernatural or paranormal when they are told a place is haunted, which is amplified when they hear spooky stories. But how can we really know? That question lingered in my mind after meeting Miss and Mr. Riot, who seemed to be certain in the existence of the paranormal that they had dedicated their lives attempting to share with others. If you enjoy being scared for fun, I advise you to check out Monte Cristo Homestead. You can decide for yourself if that fear is of real or imaginary ghosts. As I prefer hanging out with humans, I am unlikely to return. On the way out, Mr. Ryan explained how many visitors who visit the house later contact them to say they believe that they brought a spirit home. Now that you have it had the ex- experience, you might go home and notice things you didn't before. Maybe a photo that keeps falling, he said. But don't worry. When people call us and say they brought one home, I say, send it back to us in the mail. We need it for business. Hopefully I won't find myself writing Return to Sender anytime soon. <sighs> now I can finally breathe. Okay, with that mouthful out of the way, that was from Canberra Times... Dot com dot au so it's an Australian site and I'm going to catch my breath for a second because that was a mouthful alright I'm back so while that story it, it was a skeptic story which is nice to have a different perspective because usually I don't find those especially ones that are kind of open to both sides so it was nice Um, they're nice to have, uh, I wish I had them in all of my things, (laughs) because then you get sides and reasons and, like, different things, because what she said was true. The human mind is, um, very, that's why photos aren't very, um, like, you can't trust them, because there's matrixing that happens, which is your mind looks for patterns in photos even if you're not trying to it's the same way if you look at a popcorn ceiling or you look at let's say clouds you find patterns because your brain automatically tries to find them anyway now we're going to move on to history this is a beautiful home i 100 percent recommend looking up the photos um because the new own the now owners they're not new it's like the yeah, it, it just took 20 years to restore it. Um, they restored it to its former glory, and it is absolutely gorgeous. And the way it would have been in 1878, or around that time. Um, yeah. it And it fell into disrepair after uh, the husband died and the late wife was... Uh, given that responsibility anyway (laughs) so Christopher William Crawley was the original owner now Christopher William Crawley I am not 100% if that is his his full name or because I'm pretty sure there was it might have been William Christopher Crawley or Wally Christopher William Crawley? I'm not sure. There's a lot of different like information there. The most common one was Christopher William Crawley. So that's the one I'm going with. Um, so Christopher William Crawley was the original owner in 1841 till his death in 1910. He started off as a poor farmer until due to a presumed insider tip when the railway of the great southern... Railway opened in 1878. So he had apparently an insider tip that that was going to be kind of a great success. So he built a railway hotel opposite of the railway station, which began to thrive. And it did. And made this township, which had previously been really small and not very metropolitan... Um, thrive, basically. Christopher built his new house in 1884 to 1885. As they, he and his wife, sorry, that was my pop guard. I didn't mean to hit it. Um, Lived in a small slab hut, which is known as the original homestead, which became the servants' quarters later on. Um, So the servants did actually get nicer quarters later. Um, They got a stone building, basically. Um, And the slab hut was demolished for stables because uh, Christopher had a thing for racehorses. Um, And then a ballroom was built and another building was built in 1902, which was connected to a carbide. A gas which illuminated the house. Also, dairy. They built a dairy building, which I assume is where they put cows and where they could milk (laughs) to make dairy. Um, It did not say, it it was just dairy was what I was given as the information. So yeah. Um, So this house was amazing during the time. As a status symbol that sat on the top of a hill. And kind of used like Christopher was the king watching his subject. His house built with no sparing of expense. Though to be fair it was still a farming property and Christopher still farmed it himself. I would assume with some help and aid in that uh, the family themselves lived a good life. Christopher and his wife having seven children because yeah, you want seven kids. That's fun. And with their wealth, we're able to send each of them to good schools to gain a decent education. Um, though the girls were kind of weird because I don't know if it was just a school. It was like a private Catholic school and they like used umbrellas and, like, protected their skin to be, like, peaches and cream. I don't know. They're weird. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And they all seemed to have succeeded in their chosen career paths. Mrs. Crawley was known as being a queen by those who knew her. Like, dressing up like Queen Victoria. Very prudish. Sorry. Queen Victoria lovers, and reeling with an Iron Fist. Both Mr. and Mrs. Crawley were thought to be the perfect couple, but it's not... No one's perfect, and Mr. Crawley was accused of impregnating um, two mates. One maid committed suicide, while the other, whose child <laughs> was treated like nothing. He was treated worse than an animal and both of them were said to uh, treat staff extremely harshly christopher died at 69 in 1910 from an infection in his neck from collar starch when this happened his widow only left the house on two occasions this isn't concrete but from what is known they can only find about two occasions where she left the house Um, and that's until her death in 1933 and she was i believe 93 at the time this house remained in the family until 1948 but for mrs crawley and the time after the house fell into disrepair and neglect Gaining graffiti from those who no longer cared about the railway industry and the house's history with that. Now we have some ghosty, ghosty, ghost stuff. Because I feel like saying it that way. Um, though you might have noticed I left out the deaths that um, have been mentioned in the history section. I did that on purpose because it's slightly linked to the activity And the said to be haunting of this building... So, the Monte Cristo homestead is said to be haunted by up to, not one, not two, not five, but ten troubled souls and poltergeists. Some remain unidentified, but others have a very strong link with the house and can be traced back through its troubled history. So, Mrs. Crawley is said to be one of the most powerful presences at Monte Cristo. Uh, Despite... Being a committed Christian and converting a room in her house to a chapel, Mrs. Christo is said to have been cruel and unkind in nature. So, you, you can often see her dressed in black carrying a silver walk. A uh, silver walk? A silver cross. Her presence is often seen and felt. Upset, she... Uh, you will incur her wrath I don't know what upsets her um, so visitors have felt themselves being pushed out of rooms which she doesn't want you in others have heard her unhappy spirit weeding. weeping, weeping weeping. that'd be helpful um, mr. crawley is also felt about the building he's not as powerful And he is said to be in the room where he died. And it doesn't say that he is vengeful like his wife either. She's just kind of there. Um, Ethel Crawley died in 1917. Literally a baby in the arms of a maid when she died. Her nursemaid dropped her down. uh, It says here on the stairs, but she dropped her down the stairs. Um. And the nursemaid swore that it was, like, unintentional. And also that it was super... That had supernatural involvement. (laughs) And that she had been shoved. So to this day, people will feel strange atmosphere around the stairs. Some feel an invisible force pushing them. Young children become agitated and upset. While others will feel a tiny, icy hand of a child slip into theirs, because that's not terrifying. Morris, the stable boy, was young, uh, he was a young boy who worked for Crawley, and one day he was said to have taken to bed, feeling ill and unable to get up. There are two different versions of what happened next. So, the first version describes poor Morris trapped in his bed, unable to move when a fire broke out in the stable. The second is a more sinister version of this story. Morris's boss set fire to the straw mattress in which the poor boy was sleeping. Presumably, he was calling the boy's bluff, expecting him to leak from the burning bed. Sadly, the stable lad died. His screams are said to resonate around the sca- stables. Harold Steele. Harold Steele was the son of one of the maids in the Crawley household. He was also rumored to be the illegitimate son of Christopher Crawley because he liked to get around. As a youngster, Harold was involved in a carriage accident and sustained serious head injuries. After his accident, he developed an aggressive and violent personality. In order to control him, his mother chained him up in the dairy behind the main house. I'm starting to think a dairy is something that's Australian. Harold is said to have spent up to 30 years in this state. During this time, he would howl and scream, becoming the object of children's curiosity and cruel taunts. When his mother died, his life became worse for the unfortunate Harold. Eventually, local people intervened and he was confined to a mental institution where he died soon after. Harold's howls and screams can still be heard in the dairy. Sorry, again, with that, I talk with my hands. Even if you can't see me. The pregnant maid, another sad soul that haunts the Monte Cristo Homestead, um, is the ghost of the pregnant maid. Whether she was pregnant by Christopher Crawley or not, we don't know. But regardless, being pregnant in that day and age without being married was not good. What is known, though, is that she committed suicide by throwing herself off the top of the, ver- ver- the top veranda of the building. Her blood still stains the steps that lead up the house, and her ghostly image is said to hover around the exterior of the building. Jack Simpson. Few who see the beautiful, restored Monte Cristo homestead today could imagine di- the decay that f- it fell into in the last century. Crumbling and derelict, it became a classic haunted house on the hill. Despite the murder of Jack Simpson in 1961, must have shaken up the small local community to the core. Jack Simpson was one of the many caretakers who occupied the property after the last family had vacated the Monte Cristo in 1948. One evening in 1961, he opened the door to an unexpected and lethal visitor shot at point blank range. He died immediately. His murder was a crazed local youth who had watched psycho three times before carrying out the killing before fleeing the f- fleeing the scene. The young man wrote die, Jack, ha ha on the shed door. The words can clearly be read today, and the spirit of poor Jack is said to linger in the area. There are strange lights and animal mutilation. Since its purchase and subsequent restoration in 1963, the Monte Cristo Homestead has become a family home, museum, and ghost tourist attraction. Thousands visit each year, and there are hundreds of paranormal incidents recorded, as I can speak. Again, one of the strangest incidents was experienced by a family who occupied the property, involved strange lights. At least twice they have left their home in darkness to go out for the evening, and as they approach the empty house on their return, they have witnessed it completely light up. By the time they have reached their destination, the house is in darkness again. More disturbing is the reaction and fate of some of the animals on the property. When the Ryan family moved into the property in 1963, they claimed their cat and dog would not enter the building and ran away. Subsequently, they went on to discover their chickens strangled in their secured pens. A parrot choked to death in its locked cage and kittens found dead and mutilated in the breakfast room. Other phenomenon recorded by those who visit the home include nausea, faint- fainting, overwhelming sadness, icy touches, whispered messages, unexplained myths, and full-body apparitions. And that was taken from realparanormalexperiences.com, Monte Cristo Homestead Ghosts, because that was a really good just account of all of the ghosts that were there. So last we have a story, our final story for today. Um and it's actually awesome cuz it's from the family being interviewed. So we get to kind of hear what they say cuz it's not often that you hear from the actual owners. Usually it's been like it's obviously not the original owners, but they have been there, The, uh, like the husband has been there for his entire life. So, yeah. Anyway, I will start, because I can breathe, apparently, now, hopefully. And I'm hitting things. So let's start. A pregnant maid pushed from the balcony, a stable boy born to death as he slept, and a baby girl thrown down the stairs. These are the sinister st- tales that the Ryan family believes still haunt the hallways of Monte Cristo, a Victorian-, Victorian manor in Duny that is arguably the most haunted house in Australia. Olive Ryan, who has lived in the Erie homestead for 50 years, told the project that she felt the presence of the home's original owners Christopher and Elizabeth Crawley who are believed to have haunted the house since their deaths in 1910 and 1933 respectively. The home has that has lived the. I didn't say that right The family that has lived at Monte Cristo for the past 50 years has revealed the chilling tales from inside Australia's most haunted house. I had a hand on my shoulder, Miss Ryan told the project. I've had my name called when i've been here by myself it's nothing to hear footsteps on the balcony when you go out there and there's no one there according to miss ryan the peculiar happening starting when her and her late husband moved in and found the house was completely lit up despite having no electricity connected to the home by the time we got up here every light had gone out That is when Miss Ryan said she realized there is something different about this place. Miss Ryan moved into the haunted Junie property back in 1963 with her late husband, Reg. I don't... that's an interesting name. Miss Ryan's son, Lawrence, spent his formative years growing up in the Erie Mansion, and he said he knew from an early age that something wasn't quite right about Monte Cristo. It always felt like someone was watching me, he told the project. He said there had been a series of accidents in the house that were too creepy to be coincidence. Everything from the child being dropped down the staircase by a nanny who claimed it was pushed from her arms to a maid that so-called committed suicide off the balcony who was pregnant to Mr. Crawley. There are also reports of a young stable boy burning to death in his straw bed, a caretaker being shot dead in 61, and tales of the housekeeper who tied his mentally unstable son in the outhouse for more than 30 years. Eerie portraits of Mr and Mrs. Crowley can be seen hanging inside the Haunted Mansion. Interestingly, Mrs. Ryan's wife, Mr. Ryan's wife, Sophia, who has lived at the home for four years, believes that her connection with the Haunted House runs much deeper than she first expected. I've had a past life here, she told the project. I've learned that I was one of the maids here. She said that she had has seen shapes and visions of the maids and often feels Mrs. Crowley's presence. The Ryans insist that the series of photos taken from inside the haunted mansion prove the tales of the Monte Cristo supernatural history must be true. In one photo, a shadowy figure appears to lurk above a white carriage, while another shows a hand that doesn't seem to belong to anyone in the picture. In another photo, a vague shape of an aboriginal maid can be seen in the reflection of a mirror. A white shadowy figure can be seen floating on the left side of a photo taken by a visitor who was photographing an old bedroom. I love that word. It's so hard to pronounce. While the pictures don't definitively prove the existence of ghosts at Monte Cristo, many visitors to the house claim to have spelled felt a spirit's presence in this picture a shadowy figure that bears a striking resemblance to Mr to the Crawleys lurks above the carriages the woman in the photo claim that the pale hand which can be seen reaching across the shot was not theirs the ryans believe that a ghostly aboriginal maid can be seen in the mirror's reflection A white, shadowy figure. Oh, this is just a little bit about photos that I cannot show you. Uh, They have a lot of photos. Go to this website. Okay. Uh, So there's one theory for how some of these feelings that people have of hauntings might come about. It to do and that has to do with infrasound he said the frequency of the sound is too low for humans ears to hear however our bodies can detect it just a side note that's also what you use uh, EVV like a electronic voice phenomenon recorder for yep Mr. Ball said experiments have proven that the sensation of infrasound is particularly unsettling for people who could explain the ghostly feel. Mr. Ryan said that a trip to the haunted property would change even the most skeptical of minds. A painting of Mrs. Crowley can be seen in the dining room, which is filled with antique furniture. We get lots of non-believers, and we have lots of non-believers walking out of the door. Having a second thought about spirit and the afterlife here, Mr. Ryan said. And that is the end of the story. Uh, it's a little janky. Um. Uh, so, I'm sorry about that. I had to cut and paste. A lot of stuff was repeated. Um. Anyway, that was from a dailymail.co.uk, so if you'd like to look it up, I'd recommend it because they do have photos, and those are always fun. Yay, photos! Anyway, that is the Monte Cristo Homestead, the reported most haunted place in Australia, so I'll leave you to think. What you will about that, but personally, it seems like there is some residual stuff going on. I don't know about the poltergeist activity, there didn't seem to be a lot of information about it. Um, but then again, like the residual stuff in the last story was from the owners who make their money off of the house being haunted. Um, but with the dust in the house that, again, stains that, it stains it and the negative energy and all of that fun stuff. Yeah, so there are report from the reports of activity from the non-owner people. Even the skeptic in the first story had an experience, whether it be her own mind making it up or not. Her friend also had an experience with the pressure on her chest. Um, So, I'm not sure about this one. I would say residual, but I do not know. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I will start announcing my podcast on Facebook so you can see what I'm going to be doing next. The extras will stay a surprise because... fun. Alright, thanks for listening. As always, if you want to suggest a place, it can bump up my list. And to be next, or whatever, um, or have any co- comments, questions, or concerns, it's at mindlessdwh on Twitter or spooky, scary, fun time on Facebook. Have an amazing day and stay spooky.